I'm joined now in the studio by Slava Rubin, the co-founder and chief business officer of Indiegogo, one of the most popular crowdfunding sites online. So Slava, thanks for coming in. Exciting to be here. All right. First things first, I want to just point our listeners to your website and you've got a great name. So Indiegogo. It's kind of like the independent spirit is indie, and with the independent spirit, anything can happen. And then GoGo is fun and active. You have those two things crashing together and magic. All right. Slava, give us the elevator pitch for Indiegogo. We're the world's marketplace for funding. So you have an idea, you need money, you come to Indiegogo. Give me an example of what I might see on the site today if I were to go. It could be anything. I mean, we launched in January 2008. And uh, it could be a cause, it could be a nonprofit, it could be a movie, but where we're really seeing a lot of growth and a lot of focus is in products and hardware and electronics and all kinds of entrepreneurship. So you can see something like a pilot, which pilot is a pair of uh, earbuds that you put into your ears and they actually get connected to software, which automatically helps you translate as people talk real time. So it's literally like straight out of Star Trek, universal uh, translator type of stuff. Or you can find an electric bike, uh, something like uh, uh, Monday Bikes, where it has the power of a motorcycle, but has the compliance of a bicycle. And it can, you know, go 40 miles an hour uh, on an electric bike. And uh, we have all kinds of things. It's uh, super exciting. It Very is super exciting. And I, I, it's quite, quite addictive to, to browse. I want to circle back on Pilot because I, I happened to notice that one today and thought it was really amazing. But walk us through the mechanics of how it works. So let's say I've got an idea for something like a, a Star Trek real-time translator. H- how, how do I get on Indiegogo and how does it work? Yeah, so it's super simple, actually. Um, we're a completely open platform. And it's free to use. So we have no application process. It's kind of like YouTube. Mm -hmm. So if you have something you'd like to post, you come up and put up your idea. You can put up your idea in minutes or you can spend months to really actually put some significant effort behind it. And uh, you post a, uh, you create a page kind of like you would an eBay page or a Facebook page or uh, like a YouTube experience. And so you put up a video probably, you set a goal, let's call it $100,000. You put some content in there to explain your story. Often you'll provide perks. Perks are things that you'll offer products or services as a trade in return for different levels of funding. And off you go. You start, you launch and you look for uh, promotion, most likely to get your first backers or funders to come from your own inner circle. And what I mean by that is your friends, your family, your potentially your customers there you have, your fans, your followers, the people that are tracking you on Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat. And uh, those people start to fund you first in the first few days and slowly you'll gain momentum. And because of that, Indiegogo, the algorithms will kick in and we'll start putting you on the homepage or pop up further on search or into the newsletter, into the media. And before you know it, the snowball is rolling and you're pilot and you tried to raise a hundred grand or two and now you're at two and a half million dollars and you're off to the races. Yeah. Um, hate to be the smarty pants. They're at 3.7 million as of today. There you go. <laughs> 3.7 million corrected by the show host. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. And, and what typically, I mean, you, 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 Indiegogo is, is very flexible. They're, you're flexible in terms of the kinds of projects and the kinds of offers, but, but what's the most common quid pro quo? What do I get for my money typically? 
as a as a contributor? I mean, you're typically there's there's four reasons why anybody would fund anything in life, not on Indiegogo in life. Mm-hmm. Number one is because they care about the person or the cause. Mm-hmm. Often that's a donation, um, so you're not getting much in return. Mm-hmm. Let's say. Number two is you paid for your shoes probably that you're wearing. Most people listening, if they're wearing shoes, probably paid for them. So you gave a certain amount of money and you got a product in return. You got shoes. Some people want to participate in the experience and some people want profit. They want to give $1 and get $5 back. Mm. And we can talk about that profit portion because we just launched equity crowdfunding recently. But since we launched in January 2008 until just a few weeks ago, it was only those first three options that were possible. And a lot of people gravitate towards one of those three. Mm. Sometimes one campaign will have all three types of versions as to why somebody would fund. Your original vision probably naive, was that you could get consumers to to provide the investment to support these companies. But since then, the world has changed. So talk a little bit about what's changed in the regulatory environment, maybe a little bit about, a little bit of context and, and, and where the new laws have come from as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is a massive arc, right? So uh, 1932 is the last time that in America, any random person can invest in any random idea. Mm-hmm. So what you have back then is a stranger walking down the street, knocking on people's doors in Maryland, and it says, hey, grandma in Maryland, I have a piece of oil in Oklahoma. Why don't you give me $500? And I'll make sure that you may end up making 2500 a year later. Grandma's naive, not thinking too hard. She thinks he's a nice salesperson, gives the guy $500. He takes the 500 forget the oil, forget Oklahoma. He goes to the beach never responds back, never follows up. This is a long time ago, pre-internet, pre-discovery, pre-transparency. All grandma had now is no money and a lot of upsetness. So she goes, what does she do? She goes, talks to our local um, civil servant and says, hey, senator, hey, mayor, hey, congressperson, hey, whatever. I'm really upset. Don't have this happen to me again. So enough people got told and they want to keep their jobs. So to keep their jobs, they want to have their uh, people in their community happy. So they end up creating the Securities Act of 1933, which creates the SEC and other things. Now you have accredited investor rules, which means you have to have over a net worth of a million dollars or a salary of over $250,000 to be able to invest in these private opportunities that are now not publicly sourced through solicited through SEC approval. That goes on for 80 years. Right. And, and let me and let me interrupt for just a second. So just to contrast it, a, a so-called going public is, is, is going through a lot of hurdles, a lot of regulatory hurdles in order to be allowed to sell shares to the public, to anyone, to grandma. Exactly. But, but any company that isn't public, it had been subject to these, still is subject to these these regulations. Right. And if you weren't public, it means that the only people that were allowed to even look at the investment opportunity were the accredited investors, which is less than 2% of America. Yeah. yeah. So 98% of America has been left on the sidelines right. the whole time for 80 years. Right. So then what happened? So then we launched Indiegogo. The rules are still the same. In 2011, we have a campaign on Indiegogo called the crowdfunding campaign to change the crowdfunding law. Mm. It's quite meta. It's get funded. They then put together a petition to send it to Congress. Then in April 2012, uh, they actually passed the law, which is the Jobs Act. And we have on stage with President Obama, one of our customers signing the actual act. And, you know, we're there. It's very exciting. It has six parts to the Jobs Act to try to increase velocity of capital. And one of those is Title Three, and Title Three is to create these equity crowdfunding portals to allow for portals and companies like Indiegogo 
to be able to offer equity investments to anybody in America. You don't have to be accredited. Mm -hmm. It took years, four years, for finally the regulatory bodies and the SEC to finally give in and to finally get it implemented. Yeah, they weren't too. They, they, the, the, this was in a, this was passed in Congress, right? But it had to be implemented by a bureaucracy that took four years. Four years. Yeah. yeah. yeah but it just happened in May, right? It, just, it just finally got implemented. Yeah. And uh, we tell didn't. Us how, tell us how it works. So, t- under Title Three, what are the rules and who, how, how much can you raise from who, who can invest, those sorts of things? So, under Title Three, as an entrepreneur, you can raise up to $1 million per year mm-hmm. from unaccredited investors, which means from anybody mm-hmm. in America. Um, and you have to get approved uh, through the SEC via a equity crowdfunding portal mm-hmm. that is approved as well. I see. So the so in effect, a third party, these portals, of which there, w- there will are and will be several. And we are one, for example. Yeah. So they're, they're what are approved. First, the, the portal is approved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the portal has to shepherd the offering company to be approved by the SEC. And can I invest my retirement fund, my entire net worth? How's that work? So on the entrepreneur side, it's up to $1 million right. they can raise. On the investor side, based on your salary, um, the max that you can invest per year is $10,000 mm-hmm. or $2,000, depending on how much you make okay. per year. Mm-hmm. You can put any money you want from anywhere you want, but up to $10,000 right. per year. On the theory that that grandma can only lose ten thousand dollars and if grandma has a very low salary at most two thousand yeah. dollars okay but this is all self-reported yeah i see so so that really uh, just just got started in may just got started yeah and how's it going you guys are in you guys are, are playing now in this space right so we just launched three weeks ago oh wow yeah um and it's fascinating mm-hmm. we launched with four offering companies we're four for four already all four of them have hit their targets and they're off to the races uh, we have purposely had a diverse set of offerings. We have a hardware device called Play Impossible, mm-hmm. which is a ball that has sensors inside of it connected to your mobile um, that tracks all the data of how it is that you're playing with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one company that's up there. So they've already passed their threshold and they continue to raise more. We have another called uh, Republic Restorative, which is a DC-based distillery and restaurant. And it's a female-founded and run distillery, the first of its kind. Uh, super cool since it's a local play. We have Crowfall, which is a major game from a gaming company. And then we also have BeatStars, which is a marketplace for beats. Uh, it's an online company having some um, significant revenue growth. Uh, they're doing over $2 million of revenue. Um, and they offer people the opportunity to buy beats because many musicians, they come up with the songs, but they don't have the beats to go with the song. Now, when you say beats, you do not mean the headphone brand. You mean you mean the rhythm track? Exactly. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of people that come up with songs, yeah. and they wish that somebody would write the, the rhythm track, as yeah. you're saying. Here yeah. it's called Beats. Beats. Yeah. And they just don't know anybody, and there's now actually a marketplace where people create beats just yeah. so they'll get bought by yeah. people that want beats. Right. And what you're posting is an investment in the company Correct. that provides that two-sided market for beats. Correct. So Got the it. company's called BeatStars. It's yeah. a company on Indiegogo. Yeah. People are investing into BeatStars. Yeah. So so interestingly, you've now circled back to having to create another two-sided market. It, how much... You got it. How much is it... I'm addicted. <laughs> uh 
but but it but you sort of this time around you sort of stacked the deck right you del you handpicked the first ones is that a lesson learned or is that what you were also you did the first time around yeah um well it's not a lesson learned it's required right okay so in the equity crowdfunding space we have to do diligence it's a requirement oh of the i see so you can't just let anybody post anything no okay Got it. it's legally not allowed i see okay. that would be the holy grail yeah, yeah to yeah. allow the marketplace to figure it out yeah. But uh, according to the rules of Title Three, the portal, which we are, um, needs to be able to do the required due diligence and get right. the approval to post it up. Right. You know, I've 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 actually I'm really interested in this stuff. So I've made a few equity crowdfunding investments. I've poked around. I like I like this. I'm very interested in this stuff. And I, but I'm a little concerned. And, and that is that I look at the kinds of investments that seem to work pretty well. And the, the most popular that I seem to be restaurants, distilleries, booze of various kinds. Uh, they don't, which is sort of an asset a category that that most professional investors would would steer away from. Often do steer away from. Is there a particular type of investment that seems to resonate best in equity crowdfunding? Or do we not now know yet? Well, we definitely do not know yet. We're only three weeks into the business. Yeah. Um, we've already helped raise, you know, half a million dollars and all four have hit their targets. We purposely started with four very different types of companies because we want to ex explore these various types of verticals. The reason I think that what you're mentioning works well is not because it's booze as a industry. I think all of those are local plays. Mm -hmm. So they're really uh, resonating with their neighborhood and the people around them, people that like to patron that type of product or that, um, establishment. So I think that's a type of offering. And those are um, the specifics of that type. Yeah. So uh, that's why I think that resonates. I do think local will resonate very well with equity crowdfunding. Yeah, actually, it's your very, very good point. And, and, of course, typically, you know, a local restaurant is not going to the conventional sources of financing, venture capital, that sort of thing. Correct. And, it, and, and it really does benefit from having a loyal and passionate customer base that's also an investor base. So that may be why those have... Those and how have many been. people have really ever had the opportunity to invest into the local yeah. restaurant that they like? Yeah. Almost nobody. Yeah. So now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I love that place. Oh, yeah, I'll invest. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a new thing that hasn't existed. Yeah. 